Thanks for listening to Schlereth and Evans On Demand, presented by Bathfitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bathfitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bathfitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bathfitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bathfitter, it just fits. Welcome to Four Down Territory. As Stick and Mike take a look at the four biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Schlereth and Evans kicking it off with First Down. Well, Sean Payton took to Twitter yesterday. I guess defensive or, hey man, let your clackers, let yeah. your clackers hang. That's right. We had the theme yesterday. Right? Let your you let your it's hard hard for me to say that. Let your clackers hang. Well, okay, so show me your fruit basket. <laughs> so when he comes out yesterday on Twitter, uh-huh. obviously hearing about the criticism of what's taking so long with the DC. Yeah, he tweets out sixteen with five to go. We'll fill you in when we're ready. Right? Is that hey? That's my coach right there. Or yes. is hey, dude? Don't be so defensive. No, that's let you let your clackers hang. That is, that, I'm, I don't have any problem with that at all. I think it's great. You don't think that's great? I love it. I do too. I love man. it. I think it's awesome. I love it. I'm, I'm sorry. I think we have gotten so beaten down around here by such inept coaching uh-huh. that somebody like Peyton comes along and does it obviously different. Right. And we're all kind of, well, not all. I'm fine with it, but you got the chicken littles out there who are like, oh, he's defensive. Right. My man, Matt Smith. Come on, dude. I love you. But he's like, Andy Reid or Bill Belichick would never do that. You're right. They wouldn't take to Twitter. Right. I love it. I do too, We, we live in a world now where we're all about the instant communication and social media. Yes. You're telling me it's okay for Wade Phillips to be on social media and everyone loves it, but Sean Payton does it, and now he's, oh, that's yeah. not that's yeah. not behavior yeah. becoming of a coach. Come yes. on. I, I'm with you 100%, man. I love it. Like, like I said, let it hang, man. Let be out there, be out there, and and get your stuff. You don't have you don't have to answer to anybody. I love I love the fact you just not answering to anybody. I'm gonna do what I do. You yeah. don't like it? Tough. Yeah, I love it. Love it. So it's actually now 17 down and four to go as the Broncos, according to our nine news Bronco insider Mike Kliss, have hired a wide receivers coach Zach Gazzani, who was here for a long time, mm-hmm. moved on to reunite with Nathaniel Hackett with the Jets. They are hiring Kerry Colbert. As their wide receiver coach. Now, yeah. if that name sounds familiar, he was in the NFL uh, for a few years. Carolina mm. spent two games here with the Broncos in 2008. Bounced around, okay. but you know had a had a decent playing career. But then jumped right into coaching after he retired. And over the last few years, starting in well, starting in 2014, he was at Alabama as an offensive analyst. Then he went to USC. For a few years where he uh, was a tight ends and wide receivers coach. Last year, he was with Florida, the Gators, as a wide receivers coach. And now he's going to be the wide receiver coach for the Broncos. I think it's great, man. I just think it's incredible. Good for him. Good for him. And the fact that he played and he's he's been the analyst and he's done, you know, all that. I mean, good. And obviously, he's a guy that's uh, gotten production out of his players and he was a you know, grinder as a player. I remember him when he played for the. I don't remember him here. I remember him with the the Carolina Panthers. But good, 
So what yeah, do we I got now? That, we I have knew that now? name. Yeah, I knew that name ring, rung right. a bell. Yes, four left to go, uh, including the defensive coordinator and the news there. We'll talk about mm. more coming up. Matt Patricia or interviewed yesterday for the defensive coordinator position. Second down. Well, apparently it wasn't just uh, old school, traditional basketball fans mm-hmm. who were screaming at clouds and saying, oh, how we yearn for the days of the old NBA. Right. Well, apparently we're not alone. The NBA All-Star Game TV ratings, the lowest in the history oh. of the game. 72 Ooh. All-Star Games have been played. This was the lowest rated one ever, and they tanked from last year. Ratings went down 29% wow. from last year. So, look, it's not just... What was what was the number? You have the number of the people who watched it? Yes. Uh, 2.2. 2.2. So, 2.2 million people. Excuse me. It was about... Uh, no, four, uh, there was about 4.5 million viewers across TNT and TBS. Okay. Oh, yeah. Down 29%, though. Down 29%. Wow. So... It's, uh, it's not just boomer basketball fans. Plenty of plenty of basketball fans turned off by the product. Good. Good. Adam Silver, message has been delivered. Right. Yeah, your, your, turn. Better, your turn. NBA, hey, listen, man. I'm all for the empowerment of, of you know, your, your players and listening. But, boy, there comes a time when, you know, coach is coach, owner's own. Yep. And, and players got to, oh, you can't say owners anymore. Um I don't even know what the what's the term now. You're, you're not the owner. You're the oh NBA owners aren't owners. I don't know. Remember the owner was a wasn't that an offensive term oh. for a while or something? <laughs> owners own, coaches coach, players play. Well, as Charles Barkley said during the weekend, there's a lockout coming because you're Good. right. Owners have had enough. Adam Silver's had enough, and he can use this as an example of enough's enough. Right, enough. With the bogus All-Star weekend, mm-hmm. enough with the top names not participating, enough with load management, right. enough. That's right, it sticks! Thank you. Third down. Speaking of the basketball, the association, mm-hmm. the Nuggets back to uh, work, and Nikola Jokic goes back to work with Stephen A. Smith saying that he is the fourth most pressure player who needs to win a championship. Of all the players in the NBA, he came up with his top five mm-hmm. of who's under the most pressure to win a championship. Stephen A. says that it is Nikola Jokic fourth on that list. Make sure I have the right one here. Hold yeah. On. Hold on. Make sure I, I have the right. There it is. He's on the verge of winning MVP honors. What will we go see a championship? I mean, you can't just be winning MVPs and then all of a sudden you're watching everybody else play. Jamal Murray is back. He's looking better and better. Michael Porter Jr. is back. Kentavious Caldwell Pump has been balling a little bit, at least over a couple of months. you got Aaron Gordon, who's been balling this year. You're the Denver Nuggets in a mile city with that altitude. You hold on to the number one seed. The road to the championship has to come through the mile high city. That ain't going to be easy. And we all know that Jokic Cabal, he's averaging a triple-double. He's absolutely spectacular. But that's 
regular season stuff. In the postseason, are you going to materialize that into something greater than just a regular season award? I'm putting him on a clock. Yeah, but only fourth. So his five NBA players under the most pressure to win a title. Number five, Kawhi Leonard. I don't know where he got that one. Four, Jokic. Three, Jason Tatum with the Celtics. Two, James Harden with Philly. And number one, Chris Paul. I completely why disagree. Is Embi- why is Embiid not in there? Okay, fair enough. Right, why yep. is Embiid? Because he, he gets a hall pass? Well, he hasn't won MVPs. And and to me, if I'm doing that list, Nikola Jokic is number one on the list of he players was, under the most by pressure. By the way, when I was driving this morning, Max Kellerman had him all, number one we'll, on his. And we'll play what Max had to say yeah. about it. But, but come on, you're talking, Nikola Jokic is going to win the MVP this year. It's going to be three straight MVPs. He is going to join an ultra, ultra, ultra select group of players to win three straight MVPs. It's going to be him, Larry Bird, Wilt Chamberlain, and Bill Russell. Mm. And if... Jokic becomes a three-time winner, and he has no rings. Right. Sorry, history is not going to be kind to him. It just won't. He will be the guy that doesn't belong. He will be the fluke. He will be the asterisk. I don't want that to happen because we know how great he is. So, yes, he's under the most pressure to win an MVP. He's got huge pressure. I don't think there's any question there, Mike. And now that he's got his guys, like there was a built-in excuse the last couple of years, right, with injuries and everything else. With those MVPs, the injuries that he had around him. But now he's still putting up the same type of numbers, averaging a triple-double with his players back. You know, with his full complement of players. It's, yeah, it's time. That'll do it for uh, four-down territory. We only got through three downs. So much to talk about. Yeah, that's all right. Thank you, Marquette. Coming up next, Mark knows Matt Patricia better than anybody in this market. So he'll tell you why Matt Patricia would or would not be a good fit here as the defensive coordinator. And for all the chicken littles out there who are distraught mm-hmm. at the way that Sean Payton is handling this, there is a crucial, crucial part of this that you're all missing. And I'll tell you what that is next. When the day is done, the game is over, and you need a break from all the stress. Relax in your tub or shower from Bath Fitter. Bath Fitter will fit your budget with a price match guarantee. No money down, no payments for up to five years. Get the ball rolling. Visit bathfitter.com today. Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. What's training coming up in about 15 minutes? We all love the... Big talk, brave talk, tough talk before a big fight. Jake, oh, yeah. Jake Paul taking it to another level. We'll have the uh, audio oh, okay. for that. Okay. All right. I like Jake Paul. Fever's working feverishly on that. Yeah. Trying to take out all the uh, cuss words. But uh, it's good. It's going to be a lot of work. It's good. It's, it's yeah. a lot of work, but he'll take care of it. Uh, the news of the morning regarding the Broncos coaching staff, they have hired, Sean Payton has hired a wide receivers coach, Kerry Colbert, the former Receiver, NFL receiver, you probably most remember him with uh, the Panthers. Spent a brief time, two games here with the Broncos, but has been going through the different steps since his playing career as a coach, moving up through the ranks, and he's been a receivers coach at uh, USC in Florida the last handful of years, and now ready to make the jump to the NFL, joining Sean Payton's staff. We still wait word on who's going to be the defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia. I guess that was the mystery candidate. Matt okay. Patricia enters the mix. You got a chance to do some Matt Patricia games when he was the head coach in Detroit. Yes, I did. 
What would the Broncos be getting in Matt Patricia personality-wise and philosophy-wise? Well, uh, first off, personality-wise, I think, obviously, we've talked about this. As a head coach, it was an abject disaster because he took to, he took on the I'm Bill Belichick persona, which a lot of those New England coaches have done. They've had a tough time transitioning from play caller, coordinator, linebacker, whatever, to not to coordinator or not from position coach to coordinator. Um, and they've had tons of success as coordinators under Bill Belichick. It's been when they go to the next level and all of a sudden they become Hurricane Josh or they become, you know, they become the Patriot Way coach. And so that's been the, that's been the biggest issue, Mike. But with that said, um, you know, I know a lot of dudes that played for him in New England love him. They love him when he was a coordinator. Loved playing for him. Very intellectual. Very smart. One of the other things, unlike unlike Rex Ryan, who is very much, and I heard Derek Wolf talk about this, very much like uh, Wink Martindale in Baltimore. Wink Martindale was, I'm going to bring the house every single time. Now, we may give up a point. We may give up a couple of touchdowns. We may give up, but we're going to bloody your nose, and we're going to create some turnovers. And, like, we're going to play complimentary football to our offense. They're going to possess the ball. We're going to try to get three and outs. We're going to try to create turnovers, give them short fields. Um, there is an inherent risk in playing that way. But, you know, there's risk-reward. If you the whole, the whole theory is, hey, man, we may make five boneheaded plays, like five times we get beat, but we're going to, we're going to make eight or nine big-time plays that give us the advantage and we win. And that's kind of the theory. Matt Patricia is more, I'm not going to say Vic Fangio-esque, but he's more, he, he's, he's more dialed into what they always say, making you play left-handed, taking away your strength, making you beat him, doing things that you normally don't do well. The other thing is their pressures come more out of his understanding of protection, his understanding of offense, and finding those matchups one-on-one that attack your protection. So it's not so much, hey, we're bringing the house, we're bringing more than you have, but we're going to get a pass rush. I used to say this all the time. You know, uh, Seymour went to the the Hall of Richard Seymour went to the Hall of Fame a couple years ago. When he was in New England, that dude would always get a bunch of sacks. And I'm I'm telling you, Mike, a lot of the sacks, and he was a great player. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of the sacks were they line up in a in a in a front where. You can tell the old line is going, hey, man, are they in a four-down front? Are they in a three-down front? What are they doing? Hot, hot, hot. And all of a sudden, you're edged. All of a sudden, you're out of position. And they did a phenomenal job at creating those things and putting their players in positions to win. I, I think he checks all the boxes. I He instantly becomes my top choice. Mm-hmm. And it was Rex. I love the idea of Rex. Sure. Who does? But Patricia, he brings... Everything that that Rex brings, but but more because you're talking about somebody who not only has the resume mm-hmm. as a defensive coordinator, three time Super Bowl champion, right? But he's been current with the game, yeah. And I do not hold what happened with him. We heard from a bunch of Lions fans earlier, like can't tell you what an abject failure he was. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. Even the most <laughs> loud, vile. Outspoken Josh McDaniels uh, hater would have to admit the guy's a heck of an offensive coordinator. Right. Heck of an offensive coordinator. Terrible coach. He joins a long list, a long list. Wade Phillips, one of them. 
the beloved Wade Phillips, mm-hmm. of guys who were outstanding coordinators who just made lousy coaches. Right. Matt Patricia, I'm not hiring him to be my head coach. I'm hiring him to be my defensive coordinator. And he's a heck of a defensive coordinator. Right. He's by far the best one of all the guys that they've talked to. So I hope it happens. I do too. Make man. it happen. I'm excited about it. I'm excited. I'm, I'm like I'm excited about that. Think of the other think of the other part of this too, Stink, is that what have we heard? Hey, enough's enough. Russell Wilson needs to know that there's a new sheriff in town, right? Right. We already have seen that with Sean Payton taking away his personal coaches. It's also been suggested, and I think fairly so. Hey, we need to have a defensive coordinator who's going to mm. challenge Russ, right? Who's going to who's going to go after Russ almost personally, try to knock him down a peg. Uh, who who did who did Matt Patricia have to go up against every single yeah. day in practice? One, every single day, one Sir Thomas Brady. We're still here. I just put a Sir on the top. You of put it. a Sir. He's been knighted. I knighted him. By the way, the last thing about this this whole the angst and the despair and the and the pearl clutching mm-hmm. over why a defensive coordinator hasn't been named yet. Have have you started to take a good look at the the pool of candidates that are out there? I would be upset with Sean Payton if he wasn't taking his time and talking to all these guys. You got a pool that includes Matt Patricia, Vance Joseph, Rex Ryan. I was talking with Drew Spivak yesterday. We were kind of brainstorming about other guys who are still out there. Both Paganos are still out there. Mm-hmm. Marvin Lewis is still out there. Mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer's still out there. I know he's got kind of an advisory role right now with Dion at CU, but psh, you could easily hire him to be the defensive coordinator. He'd make that jump if he wanted to. There are a lot of qualified defensive coordinator candidates out there. That pool is deep. I don't, right. I, compared to the the offensive coordinator pool, the defensive coordinator pool is deep. And I think you should be doing your due diligence and talking to all these guys. I think the other thing is you need somebody. I, I and I believe Sean has done a great job with this, like coordinator wise and staff wise. There are dudes with a ton. They, they've he's got some young guys that are getting opportunities. Right, Gary Colbert. We just talked about him. Zach Streif. Um, so you 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 got a nice mixture of some youth. Some guys are still cutting their teeth. But you're going to get veteran coaches, guys who know that, who've done it, who've 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 lived that life. Like I think that's I, I think I think this is is right on time. I, I don't I have any issue with the way they're doing things. What's trending coming up next? Speaking of CU, the wise guys are not buying the Dion hype at least early in the season. Dick Montford has a kindred spirit in the American League. And we've got some audio for you that if it doesn't give you goosebumps, then there's something wrong with you. That's all coming up next. Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending right now. Well, everyone's hyped up about uh, Deion Sanders and CU, right? Absolutely. First time they're selling Mm -hmm. tickets to the spring game that they couldn't give away in years past. And they've already sold over 33,000. Right. Tickets to the spring game, but but there is a limit to that enthusiasm because Vegas has come out with the odds, point spread odds for the bus first couple of games at TCU to open a seventeen and a half point underdog. Right. Okay. You know, even with TCU losing a lot of people, they they were still in the national championship yeah. game last year. So, although they got drubbed, they did get drubbed. 
<laughs> but they beat Michigan. Yeah, they did. And that guy, Harbaugh, boy, thank God we didn't hire that guy. But of more concern to me uh-huh. is that week two, the highly, highly anticipated home opener against Nebraska. Right. Nebraska. Mediocre at best, Nebraska. The corn is a touchdown favorite. That surprise you? Well, you know, they got a new head coach in Matt Rule. It does surprise me a little bit. Seven-point favorite? Although, you know, I mean, it is it is CU. A lot of newness, a lot of, you know, portal transfers. And, hey, get out of here. Get yourself in the portal. You know, I mean, a lot, in which I love the challenge of the players. I loved it. But, yeah, there's a, there was a lot that was going on there. So I'm okay with that. Are you – I'm – here, here's all I'm going to say all about right. it is I love the hype. I love the enthusiasm. It, it, I've been here over 25 years, and college football just has never felt big time here. Mm. A little bit. You know, back in the days of the Rocky Mountain Showdown and our buddy Joel Clad and Bradley mm. Van Pelt. But it just we just haven't been significant on the national stage. I love what's going on. But in order to pay off all this hype, you're going to have to win some football games. I'm sorry. You can't win two games next year and keep up this right. kind of energy and excitement. They have to win six games. They have to go to a bowl game in order to pay off right. all have, this hype. Yeah, you have to win consistently. You've got to be, you got to be, you know, hunting for a bowl, so to speak. Otherwise, like right now, it's really exciting. But the greatest elixir is wins. When you have wins, man, that is that's what's going to get you over the top. Mark Wahlberg, or as you like to say, Mac Wally Wall, beggar. Mark Wahlberg sold his California mansion, yeah, for fifty-five million dollars. Okay, but proof that the housing market can affect even celebrities. He was originally asking eighty-seven million. Eighty-seven. Wow. He had to settle for fifty-five. Took a twenty-two million dollar pay cut, or a thirty-two wow. million. That'd be thirty-two. Thirty-two million. Now I bring this up only because. What did he buy it for, though? What was the purchase price on that bad boy? Not sure, but he added a lot to this mansion. In okay. fact, I think all of us. Like when we think of our dream home, what kind of sports stuff would we mm-hmm. put into it? Yeah. His six acre estate included a driving range, mm-hmm. skate park, mm-hmm. full court basketball hoop, and five hole golf course complete with sand traps. I don't know why you wouldn't. Right? Why would he sell that thing? Times are tough. He moved to, uh, he, moved, he wanted to move his family to uh, Nevada. Really? Just wanted, um, thought it'd be a better environment for his for his kids growing up. Well, they've got the funds to uh, He'll do okay. move out in the summertime. I'm sure that they'll be living quite well in uh, in. It's going to be like a residency up at the uh, MGM, I maybe I a I penthouse know. up there. I don't know. That'd be great. Bring back Marky Mark. No, was he Marky Mark? Oh, oh yeah! Oh Mark. yeah! Yeah, yeah. Were they the the, the 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 funky bunch? Were you wearing the funky bunch? Yeah, didn't they? Good vibration. Come on, come on, come on! When he was hit? also the lead singer of Steel Dragons. Steel Dragons. Right? Was it Steel Dragons? I think it was Steel Dragons. Was it? I don't. Yeah. I don't even remember, remember that. Remember the movie Rockstar? 
stand up and shout. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was awesome. Anyway, yeah. uh, Dick Montfort has his spirit animal partner in the American League. Baltimore Orioles chairman and CEO John Angelos yeah. said that when it comes to running the Orioles at Camden Yards, his first priority is to bring in concerts. W. Yes, yes. Going to concerts at Camden Yards is more important than Orioles games. And by the way, the Orioles are, have built something really, really good. They're a team on the rise. Can you imagine if you could get musicians that played baseball? You could break out right like in the between the fifth and the sixth and have a little mini concert with your starting battery, catchers on the drums, pitchers lead singer. Hey people, welcome to Gary I don't know that. That was my rock voice. That was your rock voice. That's careful, rock careful. Roll That's gonna you're gonna you're gonna get hurt there trying to do that. Yeah, Dick yep. Dick Mofford sitting back going, "Well done, well done." Wimbledon, how much Concerts, concerts, more rooftop concerts. bars. Yeah, the ballpark is the star. W. But at least in Baltimore, they actually have a pretty good baseball team. But uh, yeah, that's where the priorities lie. Okay, we have a big fight coming up this weekend. Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. Mm. You love the big talk, mm-hmm. the bravado, yeah, the sure. trash talking before any big fight, right? right? Well, Jake Paul, they had taken it to a whole nother level when he put this video out and his message to Fury. Tommy, I hope you've enjoyed these last few moments of your career. This is it. You're going to be retired from boxing after this. You're going to be disowned by your family. You're going to go back to your mother's maiden name. There's nothing else that can save you. It is just me and you. Mano a mano. Your brother's not in the ring anymore with you. Your dad's not in the ring with you anymore. Molly's not in the ring with you anymore. Bambi isn't in the ring with you anymore. So all that little cute motivation about having a child and fighting for her, all that goes out the window when I'm coming to take your head off decapitate you i'm a mean angry person deep down i'm gonna take out all of it on your face there's nothing you could do to beat me i'm built different i want this more than you i have more of a why i'm more tapped in i'm more emotionally intelligent i'm more spiritually connected i've worked harder every single day in and out i have a better team i have a better support system and guess what me winning this fight is for the higher benevolent good of the universe. And so it's not just me in the room. It's all of my guidance. It's all of my ancestors. It's all of my spiritual helpers. It's all of the people protecting me. And together we are going to you up. You have four rounds and then you are Tommy Fury. This is it for you. <laughs> what a loser. Hey. Uh, hey. All right. I, Go yeah, back it up. All that, all that's great. I, it, the voice doesn't match the message. No, does it? Right. But I guess it's, it's kind of like Tyson's it, voice it, didn't match the message. Oh, good point there. Right. It'd be kind of like like Justin Bieber talking trash, right? Right. Hey man, one more for ass whipping. 
<laughs> Ready for a huge ass whipping. One more for you, because we sure. were remiss in bringing this up yesterday, uh-huh. and it was making its way around, and it, and it should, because in my humble opinion, the greatest sports moment in the history of this country yeah. occurred on uh, uh, yesterday's date back in uh, 1980. That doesn't give you Dude. goosebumps. Still, there's I something can't. wrong with you. Well, and people don't realize, our people don't remember that that was not the gold medal game. No, it was not. No, that was to get into the gold medal. Correct against they, Finland. They right? had to turn around and, and play Finland. Talk about the potential for a letdown. Oh yeah, especially with all the Nenenens on there. A lot of Nenenens. Yeah, tons of Nenenens. I should go back and look at that Finnish how many, squad. How many Inanins were on that team? Well, we should, yeah, dude, you, that's an assignment for your chubby okay. fingers. There are dozens of us. <laughs> dozens! Man, what a moment. Yeah. Oh, my God. You remember where you were? I remember where I was. I, I was in school when it got announced. Well, it was re- on tape delay. Well, real quick, the, the yeah. thing about, and, you know, for, for people of a certain age, you're, you're not going to believe this, but the greatest sports moment ever most of the country did not know about it until like seven hours later because it went on live in the afternoon Mm. i actually was at my grandparents game uh, house i found the game on the radio and i was listening to it i listened to the first period and and i found it but then it was like i knew it was going to be on later here come the boys in blue (laughs) (laughs) well the, the re- you how'd you hear about it? I they, and I they actually announced it in like I was in, in like through walking in the hallways. I was like in junior high school, walking through the hallways, and they announced it over the intercom yeah. system that we had beaten Russia, and it was on like a large tape delay or whatever up in Alaska. So we got watched it that I think we watched it that night. I, I would say probably, I would say probably ninety percent of the country did not know what had happened until they watched it tape delayed several hours later. Yeah. Different time. Yeah. Different time. You know, back when we actually hated Russia. Uh, that'll do it for for uh, what's trending. Uh, bring that to you each and every morning. Up next, Russell Wilson back in the news. Uh. Is it good news or bad news? We'll share that. And what people have to say over at the four-letter network about the pressure on Nikola Jokic to deliver a title. That's next. It's such a... It's Slareth and Evans on Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. There you go. There you go. There's your guy, Wabag. Yeah, Wabag. Yo, it's about that time to break forth the rhythm and the rhyme. Can you imagine this guy? Went from this to being like a superstar, like a yeah. leading Hollywood dude. Come on, come on. Good job, John. Got a great voice. <laughs> yes, that, is, uh, that was the whole hook there for him. Yeah. Okay. I'm surprised he's not still singing. 
Yes, so Mark Wahlberg sold his Southern California estate for the princely sum of $55 million, but some $32 million less than what he originally asked for. Hey, that housing market's hitting everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. But you think, you think about, like, if you, if you had the money and the resources and the land, what would you include in your dream home? And this guy, this guy's my hero. Had a driving range, skate park, full court he's, he's basketball a good, he's hoop. He's a good golfer. Five-hole golf course complete yeah. with sand traps. Love it. Russell Wilson. First of all, let me uh, bring you up to date. The Broncos coaching staff, Sean Payton's staff, after which he <laughs> tweeted out, Oh, man, watching the, the pearl clutchers out there. Oh, that's a uh, conduct unbecoming of a coach. Andy Reid, Bill Belichick wouldn't do that. Mm. <laughs> what did you say yesterday's theme of the day was? Uh, let your uh, let your clackers hang. <laughs> well, Sean Payton let his clackers hang yesterday on Twitter as he he on Twitter responded to what was being said out there and said, Quote, 16 with five to go. We'll fill you in when we're ready. Right. Boom! That's my coach. Yeah. Anyway, it's 17 with four to go as they hired Kerry Colbert as their wide receiver coach. Former NFL player. Uh, has, has spent the last decade moving his way up through the coaching ranks. Man, these these players, you you got to put the time in. you yes. got to start off as a... Quality control coach and and move your way up. And over the last handful of years, he's been a wide receivers coach in college at USC and most recently at Florida. Now he makes a jump to the NFL. So 17 down, four to go. Russell Wilson stuff. Russ, you're never far from our thoughts. Never. Matt Castle. Mm Mm-hmm. Who could have been a Bronco. They did. They tried. They tried. They really tried. Josh McDaniels wanted him here. Yes. He wanted to move on from Jay Cutler and bring in Matt Castle. Didn't work out. Instead, we got Kyle Orton. Close. <laughs> Basically the same. Ah, uh, typical. Good friend Big Al once said, Matt Castle couldn't play dead in a Western. Yep. Anyway, he's uh, made the jump to uh, media. He's with the 33rd team. Yeah. You like sure. that site? Yeah. He came out with his way too early quarterback rankings for 2023, next season. Mm. Where do you think he had Russ for next season? Bounce back season, second season in Denver, right. first season with Sean Payton. A lot of us. Oh, so this hoping, is not. This wasn't a ranking of this past year. Okay. This where is he where he's projecting he... next year. Where do you think he has him? Oh, bounce, he should bounce back. Like if you if you were ranking him last year, like if my last year rankings, he would probably be of all the starting quarterbacks in the NFL, like the the guys that didn't get hurt, right? The guys that were the plan of the the franchise starting out. He'd be thirty two. Let's run. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to give you a whole 31 lot of pushback. Maybe 31 or whatever. I'm not going to yeah. give you a whole lot of pushback on that. I mean, that. he was awful. Okay, where do you think Castle has him ranked for so a bou- like, bounce back season? A bounce back, Sean Payton, knowing what Sean Payton has done, you know, for Drew Brees' career, what Sean Payton did for Tate Bridgewater's career, what Sean Payton did for Jameis Winston, uh, the you know, the seven games he had Jameis Winston. I'm going to say he's going to bounce back into the the middling area, like uh, 17, 18, somewhere in there. Yeah, I'm at twenty third. Ooh, yeah, that's 
Let's rock. One guy's opinion, but yeah. that, that would That's be... That's not as big of a bounce back as I would expect from him. No. No, it needs to be better than 23rd. Yes. What do you think it needs to be? When you look at it next year, when it's all said and done, assuming mm. good health, and you're looking at the the way quarterbacks are ranked, you know, QBR, right. QB rating. Yeah. Where does he need to be to feel like not only he had a good bounce back season, but that he can still be the answer here long term? Right. I think for I think for the Broncos to compete for a wild card berth, he needs to be playing like numbers wise. You're talking about QBR and all those different things. They go into that, right? Touchdowns versus interceptions and all that, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He needs to be playing really efficient football. I think he needs to be around 12 or 13. Okay. Not top 10. I, I, I'm willing to give him a little bit. He needs to be in the top upper half. Yes. So yeah. 32 teams, to me, he needs to be top 15. Yeah. He needs to be top 15. Yeah. And I'm saying top 15, yeah, top 15 will probably get you, you know, depending on what they do this offseason to, to, you know, cover some warts on their roster. And, and part of covering warts is the coach's responsibility as well. And Sean does a great job of that. So, you know, I would I would look at that and say to, you know, if you're going to be 9 and 8 and getting a sniff, maybe 15. But if you're going to be, you know, approaching 10 and 7 and, and having a, you know, a legit shot at the playoffs, you got to be around. You're going to have to have a QBR, you know, whatever metric you use. It's, you're going to have to be in the top, like, like I said, 12-ish. Right around 12. I know that it's been open season on Russell Wilson with plenty of people making cracks about him. Let's rock. And a lot of it deserved. But he has a supporter in one Marshawn Lynch. Mm -hmm. Lynch recently on a podcast said, quote, I played with Russ and that little bleep is good. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I watched him come through and make plays, make throws. I watched him make sacrifices. Yeah, I'm hot because we didn't win the second Super Bowl, but at the end of the day, I really watched his sacrifice. He went on to say he's good with me as a football player. Just knowing what he's going to do and the way that he's going to prepare, I'd pick him on my team. Yeah, I got Russ. All right, he's a little different, so don't trip, but he can throw that bleep, and his little ass can run too. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I think we probably all go through these quote-unquote midlife crisis where you want to reinvent and you've got so many things going on with your foundation and all the different things that you're doing and now you're you know having to address the foundation issues when it comes to the way you spend the money you know and how much is actually charitable and all that kind of stuff I think there's a lot of stuff that weighs on you and you can lose your way a little bit I think we've all you know gone down that road where we've lost our way um, but you got to understand what you are. And I think that's one of the biggest things that, that I can tell you about this coaching staff that Sean is putting together under Sean. They will have a great definition of what they are, what their identity is, what they do. And they also will have a great understanding of what they aren't. You know, interestingly enough, when I was talking, I have dinner with Greg Minuski, who interviewed for the linebacker coach the other day. So went over to the Inverness and, and hunkered down with Greg, and we're just talking about, you know, 
how how well he knows Sean. He goes, not really. I'm just competing against him, but I don't really know him that well. Um, and I said, well, when you when like when you game plan against him, like what's what's you know how do you go about your game planning, right? What what do you do like fronts and and all this stuff, you know? And yeah, he was talking about motions and and you know and you know the just personnel groupings and all this stuff. How hard it is to to compete against him because most teams have about ten screens that they run. Like a, a 10 screen package that they'll actually run. And he goes, Sean Payton, he goes, I swear to you, he's got 60 different screens in his playbook. And you know what's interesting? Go back and look at the number of catches running backs had over the coach, over the course of his career. Like, and that's why I look at when people are like, man, wouldn't, hey, hey, Josh Jacobs, is it, da, da, da. Like, you think he's going to spend a lot of money on a guy? A lot of a lot of capital on a guy at the running back position. I I think he's going to be able to find a dude that he really likes, um, that he thinks can catch the ball and and transition. Maybe even a guy that like Memphis always seems to have running backs that transition that were wide receivers in in college and transition to running back in the NFL. I, I just like I don't think they're going to spend a lot of resources over there. Maybe bring back Melvin Gordon. Yeah, you're just trying to push my buttons. Yes. It's not going to happen. It was amazing how much you loved him. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. I kept trying to talk you out of it. Whoa. Off the ledge. I didn't love him. I didn't love him, but I think he got... Oh, boy, this is bad. (laughs) Up until the fumbles became a a, a real, real problem. I thought he was a productive player for them. He did what... He was supposed to do. Why is it that we're all we've done over the last few years is bitch and moan about the offense and the quarterbacks and the coaching and the offensive coordinators, and that's not going to have some impact on the actual players out there? It shouldn't have any impact on your ability to hold on. I, to the ball ag- I agree. And listen, as it as it's got a point. As the as his time here wound down, I was quite prepared to. And then he wave com- wave goodbye to Melvin Gordon. And then he comes out as a I'm practice not. squad player yeah, well, that, in Kansas uh, yeah, City and basically rails on the Broncos. Look, let's just say I've 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 cooled a little bit on Melvin Gordon. Okay, I've cooled a little. When your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit bathfitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bath Fitter, it just fits.